1: Hey, everybody. I'm Kim Holderness.
3: And I'm Ben Holderness. Thank you so much for clicking on the Holderness Family Podcast. Yeah. You guys.
1: You guys.
3: It's it's Friday for us. It might be Tuesday, Wednesday. Who knows what day of the week it is for you. But we always look forward to Friday because we get to learn a little bit more about each other. <laughs>
1: you know, I have to say we were, uh, we had an amazing week. We were in Fort Collins, Colorado, hanging out with our friends, Taylor and Heidi. He's dude dad. So by the time you're listening to this, you might've already seen a video that we put out. We were talking about, they were talking about maybe starting a podcast. And I said, from the bottom of my heart, this is my favorite thing we do because it forces us to sit across from each other and have a conversation.
3: Yeah. And it honestly doesn't matter if anyone is listening, like we're growing by doing this. This is like good therapy for us. Yeah. We get to be present for each other. It is nice to know that people are listening and that we're We're getting some feedback that we're very grateful for.
1: Yeah, so here's a recent review, which is from Samron27. And again, it feels weird to re- like read out loud nice things about you, but I'm just... We've told doing, to do it. You've yeah, been told that <laughs> if we read these, then you're reminded to leave a review. And if you leave a review, other people find it. So it's really self-serving and weird, but I'm just going to acknowledge it. Okay. She says, he says, they say, I don't know what the pronouns I'm using are. I love the podcast. Kim and Penn have great chemistry and I always learn something from each of the guests they have on. It's a fun listen and I highly recommend as this show is definitely a favorite of mine. Side note, I love the Would You Rather. Please continue at that and others. So, we, thank you, by the way, for leaving that review. This is the sort of feedback we need. We've broken up this podcast doing segments. So we'll have a guest. We'll, we'll do a different segments. But one of the segments that was pitched was Would You Rather? And they are a fan. We're
3: sticking with it. So we're going to stick with we're it. We're sticking with it.
1: Okay. On to our question of the day. This comes from Casey, who's actually called us before. And she left us a voicemail.
4: Hi, Kevin Penn. This is Casey from Apex again. I called once and talked about how my news resolution was to give people compliments when I was thinking about them in the moment, like at a grocery store checkout line and everything. You mentioned it on the air, and I wanted to call because I doubt I'm going to see Penn in the store anytime soon, though we don't live too far from each other. I wanted to give him a compliment, and that's for being so open about his ADHD, it's really because of him and other people like him who share their experiences that I am currently on a journey as a 40-year-old woman who struggled really feeling kind of like a maybe I was just a broken adult. I've been pretty high-functioning, but still struggled with things that I didn't understand, why I struggled with my whole life. I'm currently on the path to for diagnosis at the moment, and so... I just want to thank you for that. Thank you both for putting more love out there. And just in this, especially in this past few years when we've definitely needed more love out there, I appreciate you creating a, a, a more welcoming environment, especially for the neurodivergent. So there's my compliment. <laughs> Thanks again. Bye. So not so much of a question,
1: uh, but a compliment, which was very kind, but it got me thinking how many adults, specifically women, are going undiagnosed and what does it look like as an adult to be diagnosed with ADHD? Because it has to look different than it does in children, right?
3: Yes, I, the reaction that I had, I just heard some specific uh, taking some specific words out of what she said that really hit hard, you know, feeling like a broken adult. You heard her say high functioning. A lot of times high high functioning can hide a lot of things. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, like along with all those things that you just said, I am acutely aware of the history of ADHD diagnosis and the fact that, well, actually we're, we're about to learn in a second, like just how different it used to be, but I was just called a space cadet. I was someone who just wasn't paying attention and th- there wasn't an actual name for it until I was in college. So a lot of, you, you heard her mention that she was in her forties. There's a lot of people out there in their forties who couldn't be diagnosed as a child because it wasn't really, I mean, even though it was in the, the the psychological manuals, it wasn't really a thing that people were looking for as much as they are now.
1: That's why we're phoning a friend, Dr. Marcy Caldwell. We've spoken to her before and we are lucky enough to have her again.
3: Marcy Caldwell is a licensed clinical psychologist who specializes in the treatment and assessment of adult ADHD. In addition to her private therapy practice, which she's been doing for 15 years, Dr. Caldwell is the director and chief psychologist at Rittenhouse Psychological Assessments, LLC, as well as the senior assessment supervisor at Tuttleman Counseling Services at Temple University and lecturing professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Welcome back, Dr. Caldwell, and I'd like to start by thanking you for letting me plagiarize you over the last (laughs) six months or so, because you, I don't know if you remember this, the last time we talked, a real light went off in my head when you helped explain ADHD to me, and I think you just have a gift for it. You were the one who told me that uh, ADHD, first of all, we're going to change the name, is Mm -hmm. like having this mixing board and the, you can't dim thoughts, They, they just go on or off, and exactly. that that changed me so much, and it helped me explain it so much. And so I'm starting by thanking you for that.
0: You are welcome, and I'm glad it was helpful. I, you know, I, I think that that metaphor is very clarifying in terms of this isn't just about attention or activity. This is kind of about an on off switch for all of the aspects of our brain.
1: Um, and so the caller that we just heard, uh, she's ta- she's a 40 year old woman, and she now after reading and listening and hearing has discovered perhaps she may have adhd why do you think that a lot of adults go undiagnosed
0: so i think it comes from a variety of places one is that our understanding of of adhd and how it shows up in adults is new, right? We kind of used to think of it just as like this disorder of little boys, you know, jumping all over the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we understand ADHD and how it plays out throughout people's lives, we're more able to kind of see the more subtle variations. um, And we're able to see it, you know, when it when it's not quite so extreme, right? We also now have a greater ability to see it in different populations. So we're not just seeing it in little boys. We're seeing it in women. We're seeing it in girls. And and it plays out differently in in all of those populations. Add to that 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 ADHD is just a more well-understood diagnosis now than it was for a lot of us who are adults when we were kids, right?
3: Oh, Oh, my gosh. I was just called a space cadet. That was the term. Mm -hmm. That was the official
0: term. Exactly. And
3: I did not hear about it until college. And I'm in my 40s as well. So yeah, like when did they start really figuring this stuff out historically?
0: So it's actually been a a long held um, diet diagnosis but you know it had a terrible name at the very beginning um, it was minimal brain dysfunction at the very oh beginning. god
3: wait that, that's up, even right? worse than adhd
0: <laughs> It's <laughs> terrible absolutely terrible and it was seen as this very extreme thing right and we kind of only notice it in very very extreme cases and then as we started to study it we started to see oh this is actually much more of a spectrum and we can actually see it showing up in a in a variety of different ways and throughout the lifespan Um, so it didn't really you know this more nuanced understanding really has just been the past 10 15 years so those of us that you know are older than 25 (laughs) we didn't have the benefit of that understanding earlier on
1: Talk to me because we had, you know, we had this woman calling us, and we've uh, we because Penn has been so open with his story, we've been lucky enough to be on the receiving end of a lot of other people sharing their stories, which is so beautiful to read and listen to. But talk to us about women in particular. <laughs> what are the sort of symptoms that you would call ADHD versus? depression anxiety like how do you how do you piece those how do you how you un- unravel those diagnoses
0: so that's a really good question and it's it's a tough question because ADHD so often does pair with depression and anxiety right so let's just look at ADHD in women for for a moment women are much more likely to as girls and and as women too they they tend to internalize their their experiences right whereas men are more likely and again we're talking generalities here men are more likely to externalize their experiences and so as kids women tend not to get diagnosed our girls tend not to get diagnosed because they're internalizing the struggle. Mm-hmm. Boys are more likely to externalize the struggle, <laughs> and sure so do. they're more likely to seen, be seen, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not until women get older that they can start to kind of have that meta awareness and see, oh, this might be what's going on, right? Um, they need to be able to see it rather than outside people seeing it and being like, "There's an issue here. Let's figure it out." Um, so that's one of the reasons why women don't get diagnosed until later they also you know as penn said get labeled a lot right space cadet chatty um overly social things like that right um things get kind of explained away Mm -hmm. Uh, and so then they get into adulthood they don't have an explanation for why they've struggled and for women in particular you know the societal um, expectations for women are that they're good at these sorts of things right women are supposed to be on time women are supposed to be tidy women are supposed to be in charge of you know managing the whole family women these these are kind of like societal expectations of women that we don't hold as much for men Pen, you look like you're going to disagree with me.
3: (laughs) No, I I was going to yes and you. Is there, is, is so when a woman realizes she might have it, are we dealing with shame?
0: Yes, a huge amount of shame, because there's, because without that diagnosis, right, there's no explanation for why this is so hard. And so, what do we do when we don't have an explanation? We assume that it's us. We just assume like, I'm just a terrible human being. Yeah. Right. Like we don't think, oh, there's something wrong with my brain. We think, oh, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Everyone else can do this. Everyone else can get their kid to school with their lunch and the permission slip signed. Everyone else is managing this just fine, except for me. And that creates a huge amount of shame, which then, Kim, as you, were, you know, saying also then creates depression and anxiety.
1: Hey, hang in there. We're gonna be right back.
2: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy.
3: Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, Cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain if you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy.
1: Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment free support by signing up for TalkSpace.
3: At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours.
1: There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up child care in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care
3: made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers.
1: To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness.
3: To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code space Eighty. And to show your support for the show.
1: That's TalkSpace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. So that's why, you know, I never considered myself, you know, somebody with ADHD because I'm not a hyper. By the way, just for those listening, I'm not, I've never been diagnosed. I've never ever sought a diagnosis. But all of the things when when we looked at the difference in, in our children of what ADHD could possibly look like, inattentive, is for, you know, our daughter, you know, different issues for our son. Again, they've not been diagnosed, but probably could be. Um, and I look at, it, I'm like, that was everything that you describe, except for the overly chatty part. I'm not overly <laughs> chatty. So I am a more of an introvert. But everything I read about women and ADHD, I'm not hyperactive. I'm not ch- chatty, but um, I'm like, you know, struggling. I'm reading your website here like organizing, prioritizing, staying on task, like all of these things. I'm like, I and I just thought life was harder for me. I just thought my brain. I also ha- I I have been diagnosed with depression and anxiety. So, mm-hmm. I have that diagnosis, but in talking with a lot of friends who have just been diagnosed with ADHD and then they do a medication for ADHD as opposed to a you know medication for depression, they're like, I didn't know life could be like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know like by fixing this problem it then fixed my depression and anxiety so again I'm not I'm not on the hunt for medication right now but I'm, I'm wondering if like yes Penn has a more typical version of ADHD but maybe I should be looking into something like this what do you think, Penn?
3: Me, well, yeah, I, I will let Marcy obviously jump in. And I don't want to be part of this under-diagnosing thing. The only thing I will say okay. is your life is bonkers.
1: That's <laughs> yes. true. So, yeah. and, and
3: you are, for the most part, pretty organized. But you are in a freaking clown Volkswagen car like going through the circus right now in your life I mean we're
1: well just the stage of parenting we're in you know what I'm saying yeah yeah. like Like, we're just
3: and I'm not trying to explain this away no
1: no no but it's fair it's Um, fair to know like what my environment is like maybe it's a subject of my maybe I can't focus because of the clown car I'm in
3: yeah and and then your your unwinding is um you you sit on TikTok and you let yourself (laughs) turn into an you are definitely you have ADHD on the phone but doesn't (laughs) everyone everyone has ADHD on the phone yeah yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to diagnose her. And Marcy, I'd love to hear what you think about everything <laughs> she just said.
0: Well, I think, you know, both of these points are true. And, and obviously, Kim, I'm not, I'm not going to diagnose you okay, right now. Yeah. Um, but, um, but I think that there is an underdiagnosis issue happening for women mm-hmm. um, that is, you know, that we're rapidly working on. But Penn, you are also right in that um, the expectations of modern life also, can make it, you know overtax a even neurotypical brain, mm-hmm. um, and that and even a neurotypical brain can look a whole lot like an ADHD brain under stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, working mom of two kids, um, you know, doing all the things that you guys do, that's that's a lot to juggle. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so, actually, Ned Hollowell in his book ADHD 2.0, which is awesome, um, talks about how there maybe should be this this second category of kind of like modern life acquired ADHD. Oh. <laughs> um and. You know that it it's not rooted in the same neurobiological underpinnings, but ends up kind of showing up in the same way, and maybe ends up. And I'm not saying treated on a on a um, medication level, but maybe treated in terms of practical day to day strategies in a very similar way.
1: Yeah, I um I, I I that's probably that rings true to me. That I I think that these qualities of kind of feeling overwhelmed disorganized can't get started you know c- can't keep on task feels very new to me in the last 10 years so probably more you lifestyle. have modern life modern well, life it's a lifestyle problem
3: executive yeah. functioning disorder yeah so, i mean it's, it's mil- a- milf mountain lift i have milf you have milf
1: <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> don't, that's don't so funny i've been diagnosed with milf
3: <laughs> i mean i've heard you have been called that before
1: many <laughs> I, I'm times i'm claiming it <laughs> <laughs> i have Milf. okay, so. Marcy,
3: you always come at us with such interesting like nuggets that I've never heard of before, and that's that that one that that's going to be the one I take away this time is the that modern a life milf. that you're at MILF.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also I, I like I don't want to leave the guys out um, of this conversation because mm-hmm. we do have. A friend of the family, an adult male who was recently diagnosed. and again, he was able to get, you know, it was found that medication might be helpful. and it's and it's been incredibly helpful. So um, how does it look in men? Like what's the difference between men and women?
0: Yeah. So in men, you know, in men, we see this kind of undiagnosed ha- or lack of di- diagnosis until adulthood happen either because they have a more inattentive, one of these more subtle presentations or, and or because they may be super smart and that intelligence can kind of attenuate the, the, um, the struggles for a while. Right. And it's not until life gets Bigger in one way or another, whether it's you go to college and the ex- and the deadlines get longer, or you have to work in a kind of a more independent way, or you're managing work and kids and family and all this stuff, that then you know that system starts to kind of crumble under pressure, um, and so men's ADHD you know, tends to fall along what we think of um, more often as ADHD, we're going to, you know, in adults, we're going to be looking at less of that hyperactivity in terms of like jumping all over the case, all over the place. But you will see it more in terms of, you know, jumping from project to project. You'll see it in terms of, you know, having a hard time sitting down and just kind of like sitting and focusing on a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they kind of get up and move around a lot. If you're kind of a fly on the wall, you'll see them. It's like that family circus um, cartoon where they're like all over the house bouncing from one place to another. Um, and you see it with a lot of hyperactivity in terms of of thoughts, right? The thoughts are bouncing. Thoughts are kind of like ping pong ball, just kind of all over the place. Um, and that can lead to some anxiety. Um, you also see a lot of kind of 60 to 80% finished projects, right? Um, and so get, you know, mostly finished with something and then move on to the next thing and then on to the next thing. And so there's, you know, often kind of a trail behind the person of, you know, these, these almost finished projects um, mm-hmm. and rarely are things kind of Put away. That would be really finishing a project. <laughs> um, <coughs> um, Pen,
3: <Pan-wholeness. laughs> uh, Yes. Well, yeah, I, I, sort of, right? I'll, I'll tell you the thing that hit the hardest that you just said was you. You mentioned anxiety right? Like mm-hmm. I, I never had a panic attack as a kid. I don't know that I had anxiety. I think it was just called nervous energy. I've had a couple of those in the last two or three years. They could also be modern life acquired. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure you what that is. could also have MILF. I could have, yeah, I could have <laughs> MILF. Um, but, but it does seem to me like that that kind of unease, sort of the vibrations that Kim has described before, they're like, they're not flooding in, but they're kind of creeping in a little more as an adult than they did before. Is that part of ADHD or is that just me uh, doing too much and needing to go on vacation more?
0: (laughs) Well, I think um, ADHD and anxiety often come alongside each other. Anxiety Mm -hmm. really helps to keep ADHD in line. Um, and so, so when you, when you are, um, you know, when your brain doesn't naturally hold on to things, when your brain is constantly kind of letting things fall off, anxiety will come in to help, you know, help keep it important, keep things important. just sounds,
3: I'm sorry, this is such a good point, but it just sounds so miserable. (laughs) Thank God for anxiety coming in and terrifying me into finishing my task, but I think you're right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so as, as your life gets bigger, as things get more important, anxieties can very often come in and say, Hey, you can't let go of this thing. And then it also can be, so it can come in to help. It can also be, you know, a result too, because I like to think of ADHD brains as being like a fishbowl and anything that's inside the fishbowl, it's super aware of. Right. And so, you know, your wife, your kids, um, your job, you know, things that are, that are very present, it's very aware of, extra aware of, but the moment something jumps out of that fishbowl, it kind of tends to disappear. And so ADHD brains are, you know, they're notorious for like, you know, leaving medication on the counter so that I, you know, so that I make sure that I always have it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, putting things out so that I can see it because, because it, you, you know, this at this kind of like felt level that if it disappears, if it goes in a drawer, if it goes away, your brain's going to lose track of it. So having all the stuff in the fishbowl that makes it. That's a, a full brain, right? Mm, yeah. All these things floating around that we're trying to hold on to and we don't want to let go of, it ends up making the, that nervous system get feel really overwhelmed, and that can then lead to anxiety too.
3: All right. Something just clicked in my head again when you were saying this, when you were talking about the fishbowl, just like the soup of things that are happening. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked to you in a couple of years, I think, or at least in a year. And since then, we went on this show called The Amazing Race. And it was, Marcy, it was a fishbowl. All of these things that you're (laughs) describing were like all in this giant fishbowl. And so I I think it was a pretty good example of what it's like to be a neurodiverse adult in a fishbowl. And we we definitely thought of you a lot and a lot of the the other people who were explaining it to us. And I do think that the conversations we've had with you about being a neurodiverse adult helped us get through that without pulling all of our hair out. So I wanted to thank you for that as well.
0: Well, you're welcome and it, it was super fun to watch you guys do that were
3: you laughing when i was looking at the clue and that was like obviously adhd and i was just spacing out or did you have a little bit of fun with that in your house <laughs>
0: um the whole the whole journey was really fun well okay thank you i know we said we were like
1: oh this phone a friend and talk to marcy for 10 minutes and it's now been 20 minutes so well, I, I thank I wanna, you for being
3: yeah if i had my way i'd talk to her for an hour oh, every time.
1: I, I know yeah. I, we would just make you a weekly phone call but then yeah. i think we'd have to like then pay you a, your hourly rate <laughs> so thank you for three free therapy but um can you tell us and tell our listeners where they can find you, find your information, find all your resources? Hit hit us up. What you got?
0: Sure. Great. Um, so you can find me on adept, dot org. Almost all my stuff is there. You can find my practice at com.
1: Okay. Thank you.
3: Dr. Thank you, Marcy.
1: We really You're appreciate Thank it. Thank you, guys. Thank you again to Dr. Caldwell for joining us. And I have to say, she has such a clear, calm, warm way of just really simplifying what's happening.
3: In in just a few words.
1: And yeah, just a few words. So we really appreciate her time. And we hope that was informative to you. I I love it when I learn something. And I learned that I'm a MILF,
3: basically. She hit me, like, she always hits me with truth bombs where I always go, whoa. Mm -hmm. And the big woes for me... And this is, I don't know why I didn't make this connection before, but anytime something about you causes shame, mm-hmm. that's not a, that's not a good thing. right?
1: Typically now. <laughs> and
3: and so I'm just going back to the, I'm going back to the, the voicemail that we got at the very beginning from Casey mm-hmm. about saying that she felt like a broken adult, yeah. right? Doesn't that sound like shame where, I mean, you can't put in a, a name or a, um, or really you can't put your finger on what it is. And then on top of that, society is telling you that you were supposed to be this way. And the fact that society tells a woman they're supposed to be something very different from what they're telling a man, which in this case is buttoned up, organized, all of these things, it can lead to that high functioning. Okay, I'm just getting by even though no, she Casey may have the exact same brain I do, but it's it's almost like society's telling you that's not acceptable if you're a right. woman. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's there's so many layers to this. And quite honestly why there are I I love that we've had messages like from Casey and from other people that have been so generous and shared their stories, but you know, we do have people in our lives that I I'm, I'm so thrilled that they were they have even just not everybody's on medication, but the fact that they have a name to put with how they're feeling Mm -hmm. to make them to take away that shame. But I'll admit there are days when I, I think, why is this so hard? And that's why I was thinking, well, maybe I have, maybe that's the reason. Like maybe, maybe, maybe it's because I have ADHD that everything today seems so impossible. Um, So I'm not saying I don't have it.
3: No, but I want to talk more about you. Like, wasn't that interesting hearing about um, that sort of new, it's almost like it's new branch of the spectrum, which is this modern life acquired version of ADHD.
1: Um, And I I mean, Penn knows this because he's married to me. I mean, he's the world's best partner, but I I had like a panic attack. We'll call it a panic attack. It was a light. It was panic attack light on Monday. I mean,
3: no, no, no. That wasn't light. Yeah, that was big. That was real.
1: Obviously, I'm a human being deeply impacted by, you know, the there's a series of mass shootings, but in this there one by this white supremacist. So I was deep, obviously, deeply impacted by that because I'm a human being. And then they're just like other normal life things and everything felt too much. And so on Monday, like literally we we're about to fly out to go see Taylor and Heidi and have a very, very busy week. I was like, honey, I don't. I can't do it like this anymore. I can't, I can't, there's something that's happened. Like I want to do all these things and I want to do what we're doing, but why is it so hard? Like why, why I felt like, why is it, why is everybody just moving along and doing life normally? And I can't right now. And then, you know, it was one of the, it was one of those days where i was just pretty thankful to be busy quite honestly and you know listen we were starting to put out these weekly vlogs it may not last we may not do them forever but i'm enjoying it and it was pretty open like i opened it with me crying on the closet floor like i am i got through it and i got you know ended up having a wonderful week but yeah i mean I think it's just regular anxiety, but I don't know. Maybe there's some ADHD mixed in.
3: Well, I was a lot of rambling, and I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? Like you, this is what this is why we're here. This, there's no such thing as you telling me that you're rambling.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't. I, I'm like, why am I talking? What words am I saying?
3: Well, because we started talking about how you know this modern life acquired ADHD, and we've got to remember, like again, Marcy, our she's sort of our um north star when it comes to these things because she's very succinct and she puts them in ways that are, are <laughs> a lot easier to repeat than the way we do and one of the things that she said was it's a fishbowl right like all of these things go hand in hand you just heard me admitting i'm having anxiety more than i used to right we're like modern life may be acquiring the crap out of us right now
1: and i think that a lot of people are feeling this um i think with the pandemic I mean, I'm not going to say it's over because I feel like everybody I know has COVID, but we are getting back to like what life was like, but yet we lack, you know, we went from not leaving our cat house to like going 60 miles an hour back into life. And I think all of us are sort of evaluating, wait, is this the type of life I want to be back into? Mm -hmm. So I think there are a lot of people going through this and it's not just us. And
3: you've inspired me in a lot of ways to try to talk about this Um, because I don't know how to put this, but I I keep thinking about Casey, right? Like she's like, she and I are a lot of like, I felt like a broken human being before. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm high functioning and, I don't know. I I also, I think she's, she's got like a really good organized brain. I love how she's very positive and she gives compliments. She's called us twice and has given us compliments, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know what her support system looks like, but I know that I have a really good one Mm -hmm. and I think you're, you're the center of my support system. And if we can be a support system for other people in some way and just say, look, I hear you, everything you're going through, (laughs) I'm going through, or Mm -hmm. I have gone through. And I think. If you keep at it and you keep that positive attitude and you find a way to work on whatever your shortcoming is, I mean, obviously I think getting diagnosed, even getting medicated sometimes is a good idea, but no matter what you do, if you can put a name on it and you can understand what it is, that gives you something to work on.
1: Right. And so I, I, I kind of like bristle a little bit when people like, just have a positive attitude because I think you can like that toxic positivity of like, just keep going. Like s- as somebody yeah. who's been floored by things that like, no matter how positive right. I was, it was terrible. I know that's, I that. I didn't that's, mean it that way. I know that, but I just wanted to clarify. I know that's not, not what you were saying because you do a really good job of trying not to spit sunshine when I'm going through it. You, you're not like, just get positive. Like you are not that person. But I agree with what you just said is that once you name it, like we have this in our marriage Book that we talked about, and it's a motto in our marriage: name it to tame it. Like once you name something, it is it is less scary. So if you have an ADHD diagnosis or anxiety or whatever it is, you know what it is, and you can whether it's behavioral therapy, whether it's you know life hacks or it's medication, it's easier to tame yes okay hey guys yeah (laughs) hey guys it's time to move on we have a segment that our reviewer actually really liked it's called would you rather
3: hey it's time for everybody's Yeah, both of these options are unbearable. Gotta choose one, even though it is terrible. Let's play Would You Rather, starting now. Hey! All right.
1: Would you rather be a genius and know everything or be amazing at any activity you tried?
3: Those are both great options. This is like, I kind of like the bad, like this is a good one. The
1: next one we're doing is a bad option. Yeah, I like
3: the bad ones better, but this one, okay, this is more like dreamy. Would you rather, so would you rather be a genius and know everything or be amazing at any, oh my God, no.
1: Is the, is the music still on by the way?
3: It's, it's low. Can, yes. It's but, low. It's like good, it's good under bed. People like it. We've gotten feedback. No, we haven't gotten Yeah, feedback. we've gotten positive feedback on the music.
1: No, you have not.
3: All right, this <laughs> is going to be a lot more dry then. There we go. I <laughs> hope you're happy. Dead silence.
1: No, they're listening. I struggle. I have like an auditory thing where I can't hear too many things at once. Yeah. And so that was, that was. The you don't
3: even have your headphones on right now.
1: I know. And I heard Can it. you it still a, hear it? I'm a superhero. <laughs> superhero. I,
3: I have my answer, but. Um,
1: so I'm, I'm picturing like, would you rather be really great at a cock and, or slight, slightly annoying at a cocktail party and know everything or just be amazing at anything you try?
3: Right. What I'm trying to figure out is which one of these would be the least annoying to those around me. Cause both of them are gonna be like, I hate people who are amazing at everything they try. You don't hate. Oh my anything. gosh. My buddy Joe is like the best oh, athlete at everything. He really is. I can't, like it, he's the, but he's the nicest yeah, guy he is and so he's nice. like, basically like during COVID um, he would take our kids out to like lakes and streams and do like Bike nature rides. stuff. Yeah. he's Like he's the, but he's just so good at everything. He
1: really is.
3: And sometimes I want to punch him, <laughs> but he's one of my best friends. I want to punch him so like (laughs) but I'm kind of the guy who is Mr. Know-It-All and I know people want to punch me too
1: but you you make up half the stuff you think you know
3: (laughs) some some of it I know
1: and I can tell when you're lying and sometimes I see people like oh really I'm like guys he's lying he doesn't know that
3: all right I think I'm gonna go with the amazing at every activity because Uh I can't stand the guy who, like, because, like, the genius who knows everything is going to actually you to death. Like, actually, actually so, it's pronounced Faberge.
1: W- how else would it be pronounced?
3: Faberge.
0: <laughs> says fabergi. Y'all got
3: Faberge eggs. Y'all got fake poo. This would all be so much better with the music behind it. <laughs> no, I know. Max, put the music back in. No,
1: um, I would rather be a genius. I would. Ra- I. I sometimes. I sometimes get this really overwhelmed, panicked feeling about all the things I don't know and all the books I'm not going to be able to read.
3: Also, like. Not everything you know is going to be good. You're going to learn some sad stuff.
1: I learned so much sad stuff just being on the internet. I
3: guess my point is that if you're the genius and know everything, you're also going to have to learn some crappy stuff.
1: Yeah, but then you learn like how to make it not so crappy.
3: I guess I'm just thinking it's going to make you sad. <sighs> Way to be a downer there, Holderness.
1: I would. I think <laughs> I'd rather be a genius. Okay. I think I'm pretty good at stuff anyway. So I'm, fi- I'm fine with the, would... my level of activity. I think I'm a decent enough... I'm in my forties. I don't need to be great at everything, but I I can pick up physical stuff pretty easily, and that's as good as I need to be. I don't need to be great at things. I aim for average when it comes to like physical stuff.
3: Okay, I don't know if I want to live with you if you're a genius and you know everything, but I accept your I accept your explanation. <laughs> um,
1: okay, here's another. Do we one. even
3: need another? That was a good one.
1: Yeah. Would you rather belch? or fart at the end of every (laughs) sentence you spoke. So here's the thing. We just went to Colorado. Oh my God. And Penn couldn't, I have have an answer for you. So Penn could not stop farting. Like the entire time. It's the (laughs)
3: elevation.
1: Every time he spoke, he would, or took a step. It was like, every time he's walking but I put we actually did an Instagram story today about like the t- the fact that our couch is being now supported by a stack of books and you jumped on you're like I keep farting and somebody typed in we call them the altitudes. oh that's a thing because the high altitude makes you gassy for the first week
3: well that makes me feel a lot better
1: so you were you had the, I had the um by but-
3: the way I, I would rather fart and here's here's my reason uh, Kim I've been told that my burps smell worse than my farts. Like especially if I'm eating not true. If your I'm eating like farts mandatory. are like
1: they come out like green like cartoon characters. They're you,
3: so toxic. I don't think you could really smell too many. The Colorado ones weren't really smelly because they weren't food driven. They weren't like it wasn't like I ate a <laughs> just steak. Like pressure on your bowel. It was. It was just pressure. There's gonna be oh my gosh, there's gonna be a doctor commenting on this, and I can't wait to hear. I and also farts just feel so much better.
1: It I mean I yeah, it does like your pants fit a little better. Yeah. Yeah. I think
3: <laughs> like a fart too. I,
1: th- Cause like, I think a belch, like at least a fart, you could just keep smiling and be like, it wasn't me. Um, but that's a lot of farting.
3: It's a lot of burping. So there's this place called, um, I can't remember, uh, like Jasmine Mediterranean Grill. Oh, yeah. And they have this baba ganoush that if I eat it and I burp in the next two hours, it smells like a cat crawled into my mouth and died. Is it like the garlic. Two- I don't know. It's just, it's awful. Um, And so I had to sit next to Melanie, and I would always go there for dinner when I was working at the TV station. And she knew when I was eating the Baba Ganoush if I was like four bays over. I wouldn't okay. even have to be in the same room as her, and she would smell my burps. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, so that was fun. Wait, what was your answer?
1: I think I'd rather fart. fart. We're both farting. I mean, there's not yes.
3: a great answer. Okay. Um, Okay, so we have some other uh, segments. We are not doing a good job sprinkling these throughout the show. We're just hammering them in at the end. Um, I don't have a space one this week because I haven't had enough time. We've been traveling a lot. Mm -hmm. I do have a keep you interested in sports one. Tell me. You want to try it? Here we go. Yeah. Can't keep him interested in sports for more than 60 seconds. Go! Go! Okay, are you ready for this? We've only got 60 seconds. Do you, so we went to the NHL playoffs. We did. It was a lot of fun. Canes are doing great yeah. during the second round. Our daughter went home and she like had a headache and she was like, it was too loud. It was too much for me. So loud. Do you know that the PNC arena where the Canes play as well as multiple other arenas in the country have sensory uh, aided areas? They have sensory nooks. Oh. It's like a place where you can go and it's kind of quiet. They have a room where you like a quiet room where you can go to. They pass out weighted lap like lap belts and blankets. They but do? like yeah, a lot of professional arenas have become. And a lot of times, it, honestly, it's often for people with autism and ADHD. But they're also welcoming anybody with any type of anxiety. Um, and because do you remember how it got? It was loud, but it was a sustained intensity of like noise when we were mm. at that game. It was fantastic positive energy.
1: Our ears were ringing for hours. We probably have permanent hearing loss. We just
3: need earplugs for that.
1: Yeah, I think. So I I am interested in that. Yeah, they're everywhere. Okay, I went, I, I actually, if we go again, I would like to have access to that because I have, I mean, we just talked about this, like I have an auditory issue. So if things are... If somebody's chewing, oh my gosh, Penn had chips yesterday and they were, the chewing is so loud. So I'm just triggered by sounds and noises and, and things like that. So I can handle it. I can suck it up for a bit. But then there are times where it gets too much. And
3: um, yeah. So the Canes launched it. And this was actually a UNC Health did an article on this. We have a lot of good friends at UNC Health. It was a new sensory inclusive initiative. And it started five years ago. Like they they partnered with uh with a group that was like providing all of these things mm-hmm. like sensory bags, weighted lap pads, photosensitivity glasses, and they're all in this like guest services area. But I th- I want to look this up. I think it was part of like like a senior thesis from a college student or a professor who was just like let's give this a go. And they've just gone. Oh look at this local high. This is five years ago. Local high school senior Cameron Jarvis proposed the program to Carolina Hurricanes management as a class project. That's where it came from. Oh. Isn't that cool?
1: Kids, man. Yeah. It's just another
3: reason to like the Carolina Hurricanes. But there's also, there's other groups that do it. That was more than 60 seconds. Sorry.
1: But I cared a little bit about that. Did you have music music
3: playing underneath that? Very, very low. You could barely tell it. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. It's time for our favorite things.
3: Funny TikTok videos that she's rocking. Scarves for her necklines and dresses with pockets. Stuff she discovered and joy that it brings. These are a few of Kim's favorite things. And because this is your segment, I'll, I'll, I'll go all the way out with the audio. Thank
1: you, there honey. You Even though okay. it's lovely to
3: hear in the background. Okay. So
1: I mentioned we hung out with our boy... Taylor and Heidi uh, from Dude Dad, I just, one of my favorite things is he just published a book. It's called A Dude's Guide to Babysides, A Dude's Guide to Babysides, What to Expect and How to Prep for Dads to Be. He just put a book out and he has, he was, we got to be with him like the week after it published. So I have not finished reading it, but it is kind of a what to expect when you're expecting, but from a dude's perspective. Um, Taylor's super funny, but it's, um, they have all these, it's just, it's, it's comedy. So if you're expecting or know someone who's expecting, I think this would be a great gift. Of course we bought it. And I've, if I am expecting, then it's Jesus. So, um, we have no intention of, um, having another baby, but I have one on hand, just I have several on hand actually to hand up for pregnant people.
3: Books, not babies. Oh my gosh no baby sure it
1: was up. fun to be with them and they're three they've three little's like they're 10 years
3: behind us in terms of
1: no they're like yeah. 7 years 8
3: years oh yeah he's a little older
1: yeah behind us yeah and
3: and, I, and I, i'll just to echo the book it's if you know taylor and his stuff if you don't check him out it's dude dad just across all social channels but he has a lot of joy in being a dad also, as does Heidi, and by the way, Heidi is just a phenomenal mom. So, just oh, hearing their perspective, so it's also really cool because, like, they—I think they are con—they're con, considered uh, contemporaries of us because we have, like, we have sort of a similar stick or spiel. We put videos out on YouTube and on Facebook, uh, but they're—they're they're younger than us, so it's like looking back in time yeah. a little bit. And they're absolutely crushing it. I love, um, and and they're vulnerable and they're—they're they're funny and all the things that you want from. A friend.
1: Yeah. So, and I will say another one of my favorite things is we got, you know, we are getting to travel again. And, you know, we were in New York last week and then we were in Colorado this week. So it was really as hard as it is and exhausting as it is to get out and get on an airplane and just the hassle of doing that. It's really lovely to see people and get out there. So
3: it's also some like us time. Cause we don't get to spend enough time together. So funny.
1: We are doing these like vlogs and stuff like that. And I did one of how we went to New York and I, I'm imagining we're going to put this out and people are going to be like, what do you do with your kids? You guys, obviously they're old enough to stay home alone. We just leave
3: some cereal.
1: <laughs> uh, no, we have like an village of people that
3: um, friends and that, family. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That and sitters and the whole thing. So,
3: I don't think anyone thinks that we just leave our kids at home. No, that's a bit of a leap no and our kids are grateful when we uh you know i think they're actually okay with it because we work. guys newsflash we work in our house so it's almost like a vacation from them seeing us work in our house when we're gone right
1: also they're at this age they're 12 and 15 where they come home from school and then immediately have practice or homework and Lola's in final season. So if we were home, I don't know that we would have seen her a whole lot because she goes to practice, comes home and studies. She said she was up till 10. We didn't get home till like 11 last night, but she said she was up till 10
3: studying. Can I, can I go back to just something like, I I like going full circle in the podcast. Yeah. And you talked a little bit how uh, you were feeling a lot. And I saw it. You were feeling a lot of anxiety on Monday. Does travel help or hurt your anxiety?
1: I think it helps it most times because it's a very clear assignment and I like a very clear expectation of what's going to happen. And what the, one of the things I love most about traveling is it gets you out of your place. And I, when I, when I'm sitting in my house, which I love and I'm thankful for, I'm looking at all the things that I need to do. And I'm looking out at all the things that or it's a very, I am in my little bubble where only my problems matter. But when you get out into the world, even if it's to Denver, you see and meet other people and you see how other people interact and experience. And we just had this, we went to this cool place for lunch yesterday with my, best friend from college and the woman who owns the restaurant, did you hear that she lives outside?
3: 365 days a year. Like
1: she, she owns this restaurant. She's very successful, yeah. but so I, and so I, I need to go look for this blog, but I was like, what? And then we had to go, we were like yeah. rushing off to the airport. And so you meet and and you get out of your own, like you get your head out of your own butt
3: so I have a theory. What is that? We just got done talking to Marcy. She talked about modern life, acquired ADHD. And, you know, that could be cell phones. That could be just a lot of things going on. It could be digital. It could be distractions. There's got to be modern life acquired anxiety as well. And especially for people in the last few years, just the same four walls. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that that was the reason I originally asked you if you enjoyed traveling. Like, do we need to get you out of here more often? (laughs) Seriously.
1: Well, um, but also, you know, that I get very antsy and I've had to sit with that a little bit too, because I am the type of person I think that in my former life, I was some sort of nomad because I do like moving around a lot Mm -hmm. and we have lived in the same city, which I love where we live, but we've lived here for a long time and it's longer than I thought we would live here. But I love our community and I don't picture going on it, but like I, I could be the type of person that moves houses every couple of years. I could be the type of person that moves and, or And maybe that problem is solved. Maybe that it just kind of scratched with more travel. So
3: I I think it's going to have to be that because as your real estate video showed, if we want to buy something right now, it would be a shed without a floor. It would be $2 million and we'd have to do it sight unseen.
1: Yeah, I know. We, I think we'd make good money on our house, but then we
3: legit couldn't move. unless you bought an RV.
1: I know. So that's, I mean, that's very appealing to me.
3: I know. Let's get our kids. Like, I, I know I keep saying let's get our kids through high school, but I don't know.
1: I, our kids would never do RV life. And honestly, like
3: when it comes down to it, like you wouldn't either, you would need separate bedrooms.
1: I know. Cause I, I just think that like <laughs> you're a very big person and you need a lot of space and your, your shoes are even really big. Like where would your shoes go in an RV? So, but I think the,
3: <clears throat> well, we've got our, yeah, Here, uh, i tell you what we've
1: reached the point in the yeah. podcast where we're just rambling.
3: Well, but we do have the title of the podcast. The title is where would your shoes go in an RV? Um, <laughs> no. And so that's good. And, uh, Hey guys, Thank you for listening. We Thank did you. just kind of keep going at the end there, but sometimes that's our best stuff. Today, Today it wasn't. not. <laughs> Today not. No.
1: You know what? And I, I put out there like, "Hey, if you listened and you got here, screenshot it, tag me on Instagram." And like 10 people including my mother tagged us on Instagram. Your mom always
3: tags us on Instagram. She's the best. She is so good. When everybody else bails, Peggy's there, man. Peggy's still going to be there.
1: Peggy's there, man. And and the best part, and there was there was a TikTok
4: Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: There went around some kind of quoting this, but this is true, that I could legitimately be in court on trial for murdering somebody, and my mom would be like, but you were the cutest one there. Like, she is... (laughs) <laughs> My biggest
3: fan. So she didn't disagree.
1: <laughs> she be like, but you're super cute. But, <laughs> but were you the cutest one there? I think you were.
3: <sighs> Everyone have a great week. Thank you for listening. I like. I I I feel. Uh, don't you feel like you learned something today? I did. Yeah. Bye. Bye.